Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us on this very warm fall day here at Trinity. Please know you're always welcome here in God's house with us. It's now the 19th Sunday after Trinity as we draw ever closer to the uh, Ralph Reformation Sunday next week and the festival season of the church here not long after that. But as we look at our service this day, I'll have you open to the inside of the back cover of your bulletin where we have that focused on Christ section, a summary of the readings in the service this day. The Lord does not require us to ascend to him. In mercy, he descends to us. The ladder in Jacob's dream was not for climbing. It was the means by which the Lord came to bless Jacob. This event finds its fulfillment in Christ, who descended from his throne to save and bless us. By his incarnation, he is the eternal bridge between heaven and earth. The Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. The Lord was present in the flesh to absolve the paralytic. Jesus also healed and restored this man's body. For where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation. The Lord still has power on earth to forgive sins. In holy absolution, he raises up the new man and bestows the healing medicine, which will bring about our resurrection the last day, Thus we say with Jacob, this is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. As we have great joy this day to receive the Lord's body and blood, we do so in faithfulness to his word as he bids us to come together in unity of the same confession, not just concerning the supper, but the whole of what it is that we confess concerning the Christian faith. Therefore, all those coming to the altar this day to receive the Lord's Supper, we ask either to be members of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, joining in that one common confession as we come together to receive Christ's body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Our service setting this day is Divine Setting 4. As it begins on page 203, we now sing the first hymn. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O Lord Jesus Christ, in your great mercy you took on human flesh and came to bring us healing of body and of soul. We give you thanks for your great mercy, and we pray that you might grant us your Holy Spirit, that we might ever increase in faith as you continue to come to us in your word and sacraments. All this we pray in your name. Amen. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading for the 19th Sunday after Trinity is from Genesis chapter 28. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran, and he came to a certain place and stayed there that night, because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep, and he dreamed. And behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, <clears throat> pardon me, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you, and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God. 
and this is the gate of heaven. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Ephesians chapter 4. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Getting into a boat, Jesus crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he then said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. When the crowd saw it, they were afraid, and they glorified God, who had given such authority to men. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Just a brief note before we get into the the sermon itself. You'll notice that the collect of the day was not printed in the bulletin as it usually is. Pastors are human too. So lest anyone think that that was uh, the actual collect of the day, I wouldn't want to deceive you. Uh, but rather that was a stand-in. But nonetheless, the focus of the day here is on the incarnation of Jesus. And so then, as we look to the gospel lesson, we see before us the paralyzed man. Now, this is the same one who, in parallel accounts, his friends had pulled back the roof and then lowered him down through the roof right in the midst of the crowd, right in front of Jesus, that he might be healed. And so then, imagine yourself there on that day. In fact, put yourself in the place of the paralyzed man. Let's be honest. You'd be a little disappointed, wouldn't you? I mean, here your friends have gone to all this great length to get you there, to get you before Jesus. And what does he say? Take heart, my son. Your sins are forgiven. Now, this is the one about whom all of Galilee has been talking. This is the Jesus who has healed many. He's cast out demons. He teaches God's word with authority. You come to him, expect healing, and he says... Your sins are forgiven. Well, perhaps you'd be disappointed. Something was broken and you wanted it fixed. For the man in this gospel lesson, his body wasn't working properly. Perhaps you're in a similar position this day. Part of your body is not working as it should and it causes you trouble in your daily life. But that's not the only thing. As we look around at our world, we see that there are lots of other problems in this sin-corrupted place. People still come to Jesus or to his church because they want him to fix what's been broken. 
Maybe it's a troubled marriage that's beginning to break apart. Perhaps you don't like your job or your workplace because it's filled with dishonest and lazy employees. Perhaps you're dealing with an addiction. Or maybe the problem is rebellious children or parents who don't care for them as they should. Or it could be something as simple and sincere as people just like this man's friend in the gospel lesson who came to Jesus with someone they cared about. Whatever the situation or the problem is, lots of people go to Jesus looking for a quick fix. Therefore, when you come to Jesus and he says, take heart, your sins are forgiven, well, you have a hard time hiding your disappointment. You think, what? Is that it, Jesus? That's all I get? Why did I bother coming to you at all? You see, it's not only the scribes of Jesus' time who grumble at his words. The scribes, they thought their complaints were justified because in their minds, Jesus was blaspheming God. He was speaking as though he was God. Spoiler alert, he is. And so Jesus asked the scribes a question. And honestly, it's the same question that Jesus puts to all of us today. He says, why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise and walk? Well, which do you think is easier? Actions speak louder than words, am I right? You see, our old Adam, that is our sinful flesh, doesn't have to be convinced to doubt God. In fact, the devil, the world, and our sinful flesh, they tempt us saying, you know, don't you think that fixing whatever serious problem you have in the moment is the harder thing for Jesus to do? Could it be that Jesus is covering up his inability to help you by acting pious and just telling you that your sins are forgiven? You even hear others who call themselves Christians say things like, what use is a church that only talks about forgiveness? Well, folks, I've got to tell you, there are a lot of people who think like that today. Is that also how you think? Do you desire a church and a Jesus that fixes all the things that have gone wrong or bad in your life? Are you looking for a relevant church, a relevant Jesus? American Christianity has been going down that road for quite some time now. Sadly, many folks chase after a Jesus and a Christianity that is made in their own image, only to find themselves eventually without saving faith in Christ. Still, Jesus' question remains and hangs with us. Which is easier? As true God in human flesh, it was not difficult for Jesus to heal the paralytic man. He could have done it with a word, a thought, or even just a small gesture, right? Christ had done things like this before. In fact, he had just in the previous few chapters of the Gospel of Matthew. And he would continue doing such things. He is God in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. This is he who created all things in six days by the power of his spoken word. The sun rises and it sets at his command. And as we continue to watch the seasons change, it is he who brought this wonderful order about. And it is he who keeps it going by the power of his might. Therefore, Jesus doing a little fix-up job with something that's gone wrong in your life, it's really not that hard for him at all. However, the forgiveness of sins, well... That is no small thing. You might think it's nothing, because we hear it all the time. It's something that we take for granted. But I want you to pause for a moment and just think about what forgiveness cost Jesus. Our Lord didn't need to take on flesh in order to heal the paralytic man. Just a quick look through the Old Testament will reveal to you 
that through his chosen prophets he had healed the sick, he had even raised the dead. We heard about that just a few weeks ago. Jesus did not become man so that he could give face-to-face lessons about God's goodness and love toward those made in his image. Christ Jesus did not come to be some kind of divine life mechanic who pops the hood and gets in there and just fixes our life problems. Does he care about these things? Yes, absolutely he does. But this is not the reason that he took on human flesh, that he incarnated and came to this sinful world. This is one of the reasons why when Jesus performed miracles, he would tell the people to be quiet about it, to say nothing. Has that ever puzzled you? Because there's a reason for it. He did not want to be known primarily by his miracles. Christ's true glory would be revealed later in a very unexpected way. As the old saying goes, Jesus had bigger fish to fry. And those fish, dear saints, are your sins, my sins, indeed the sins of all humanity. Christ came into our flesh to do the hard thing. He did not choose the easy part as is written in the hymn. Jesus came and did the thing we could never do. He carried all of humanity's sin in his body, in his flesh, to the cross. Pardon me. And there he endured the righteous judgment and wrath of his Father against all sin. Jesus' death on the cross, it was all about answering for your sin, my sin, the sin of the whole world. Having lived a perfect life for you under God's holy Ten Commandments, Jesus died your death on the cross, thus satisfying God's holy wrath over sin. Why? Why did he do this? Perfect divine love and mercy toward you, toward the whole world, for sinners. Christ Jesus did all of this so you could hear his word of forgiveness and peace spoken to you. This sure and certain proclamation of the forgiveness of your sins from Jesus, it's covered by and purchased with his holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death on the cross. So, which is easier To heal the paralytic man, Jesus simply spoke the word, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. Then the man got up and he went. The word of God does what it says it does. But to speak his word of forgiveness to the man, to you and to me, Christ Jesus went to the cross. As it is said in the book of Hebrews, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So then Jesus came, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. That's you, dear saints. The currency of our redemption was the blood of Jesus. Never forget what it cost our Lord to earn and to give you his forgiveness. Now, despite all this, you may still be wondering why the forgiveness of sins is the big thing that Jesus is always offering to you, always bestowing upon you. I mean, forgiveness is great, right? But what about all those other things that need fixing in your life? Well, let's get some perspective. If Jesus heals you, you are still going to die and stand before the judgment seat of Almighty God. If Jesus fixes your marriage, you're still going to die and you're still going to stand before the judgment seat of God. If Jesus fixes your employment situation, you can probably already guess it at this point, you're still going to die and you're still going to stand before the judgment seat of God. If Jesus fixed every complaint you have in your life right now and fixed it immediately, right now, the truth is, you're still going to die. And you're still going to stand before the judgment seat of Almighty God. And you know what, folks? 
That day could be today. We really don't know. It could be any day for you, me, or any one of us. And so then do you see the point? No matter what you think the big problem is in your life right now, nothing comes close to the issue of sin and the death that comes with it. You do not want to leave this life with the debt and burden of your sin. Instead, you want to leave this world with the forgiveness of Jesus poured over you, spoken into you, fed to you across your lips. And God be praised, that is precisely what Jesus does. In the waters of holy baptism, Christ poured out his forgiveness over you and into you, washing you clean of your sin and joining you to his death and resurrection. He feeds you his forgiveness in his sure and certain word as he tucks it into your ears and into your heart. He does that with the absolution also. He feeds you his forgiveness along with eternal life and salvation in this, his holy supper which we receive today. His resurrected body and blood given in and under bread and wine for your forgiveness, life, and salvation. Jesus gives to you himself. He holds nothing back. Jesus gives to you his forgiveness. And so you see, it's not really about all those important, but ultimately secondary things. It's about the only issue that truly matters when it comes to eternity. Standing before your heavenly Father and the forgiveness and the righteousness of Christ Jesus. When that most essential and eternal matter is as it should be, as God wants it and as God gives it to you, then you can face whatever comes your way in this life with peace, with joy, and with hope. Because the same Christ who says to you, take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven, is the one who will call you by name and raise you on the last day, saying, arise, my child, and come home to my promised paradise. See, those forgiven by Christ, they have an everlasting, eternal home, a life in Christ that never ends. And so, dear Christians, knowing how to die a blessed death, this sets you free to live a blessed life of forgiveness and mercy, even in the midst of a world of broken things, corrupted things, very much in need of fixing and of healing. Your good and gracious Lord, he will take care of those things too, all in his timing. But as the saying goes, first things first. And the first thing is the forgiveness of sins, which Christ won on the cross and delivers to you in his word and blessed sacraments. And so thanks be to God for the exceedingly gracious gift of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. In his most holy and blessed name, amen. The peace of God which surpasses understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. To our God forever and ever, our salvation who delivers us out of all our troubles, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the ministers of the church, that our God, who has given such authority to men to forgive sins, would focus their every word and deed toward this office of the keys, and that the gospel may predominate in our worship and life together, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For husbands, wives, children, and all Christians, that we would be eager to hear the voice of the gospel and the forgiveness of sins, and in turn, speak the truth with our neighbors, forgiving one another as Christ has forgiven us. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Joseph, our president, Michael, our governor, and all our leaders, that even as God rules the world by his mighty power, he would be pleased to give our nation wisdom, 
peace, and success in accordance with his commandments. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick, broken, and needy among us, especially the Reverend Brian Thorson, Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that Christ, who has authority over sin and death, would grant them healing now and resurrection at the last day. Let us pray to the Lord. For all who come to the altar this day, that they would see this as the very house of God and gate of heaven, where Christ is bodily present in his sacrament to forgive, heal, and renew us in true righteousness and holiness, let us pray to the Lord. Lord For the bereaved, that in their grief their hope would be fixed on Christ, his forgiveness of sins, his holy communion, and his everlasting life. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. What a wonderful hymn. you got to love the uh, end to the third stanza. Satan, you wicked one, own now your master. Jesus has come, he the mighty redeemer. God be praised for that. Handful of announcements before we continue on with our morning. Of course, Sunday school, Bible study, following the service here. And then uh, sort of beginning somewhat tonight, but really in earnest tomorrow, is the Missouri District Fall Pastors Conference. So I will be away down uh, at uh, Lake of the Ozarks where that's hosted every year on Monday and Tuesday. I should be back uh, Tuesday afternoon from that. Um, and I'll be back in time for the Women's Theology on Tap at 7 o'clock that evening on Tuesday. So that's coming up this week. Wednesday brings our midweek schedule at 3.36 and 7 uh, with midweek school workout class and, tr- and the choir practice. And then Thursday is our men's theology on tap this week. Uh, so an exciting announcement this next Sunday. Uh, our adult confirmation classes have concluded for, uh, for now. And we do have three adult confirmands who will be confirmed next week. Mara Nolker, Victoria Sharp, and Simone Ham. So thanks be to God for that. We pray that you join us for that uh, joyous day. And then also, uh, wear your red, because it's Reformation next Sunday. And you'll see here in the uh, special insert that's been printed that the Circuit Reformation Service, there's information about that being hosted at the Emanuel in Salisbury. And then also on the back side of that, uh, this next Sunday, uh, the Women's Group Wreath-Making event will be at 1.30 p.m. in the Educational Building. Further details are listed there on the insert. Uh, And then otherwise, uh, coming up here also, uh, November 20th, so this is sort of a save the date, uh, the Trinity Women's Group will be hosting a Hands of Mercy event. So if you know anybody uh, who you'd like to receive a a warm meal, uh, please give those nominations uh, to Nan. Um, uh, Coming up here, they'll be received, those nominations rather, will be received until Sunday, November 13th. Anything that I may have missed this day, other than the collect, but I already noted that. All right, God's peace be with you in the coming week, knowing that you are God's redeemed child in Christ Jesus. I'll greet you at the door.